okay, you've got your 10 foot titties out, but sure, I'm the slut here. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. No one will ever love you like your mother. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, a total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer. Pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with the perspective we've all gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the superfly space guy, Mac. Hola, muchachos. The gore lover, Alexis. Hey, everyone. The cowardly creeper, Ryan. I got the vibes, man. And the scream queen, Paris. Hey, sweets. We've got tons of zombie carnage this week. This time, though, it's an early 90s film that was long regarded as one of the goriest films of all time. But before we break out our vomit bags, let's get into some follow-up. So we recently reviewed The Thing, both the original 1982 version and its 2011 prequel. It did pretty well, I would say. Everybody liked it but me, and even I had a ton of great things to say about it. Um, But we wanted to hear from our listeners. And actually, 82% preferred the original, while a small but mighty 18% appreciated the 2011 prequel more. We have a comment from one of our listeners, Jason, on Facebook, who said, Great timing. This and The Shining are great January horror films, as they're all about isolationism and cabin fever, something we know well in the North and the Midwest. One is outstanding. Definitely one of the best sci-fi horrors of all time, a solid slash. Then they said, hey, let's do that movie again, following all the same story beats, but it's not a remake. It's a prequel, and somehow not as well made, even though it's the same movie. LMFAO. In the end, I'd say I've had a good time, but I'd rather not spend all of the winter tied to this fucking couch. I love it when Jason brings up some good old-fashioned Midwest shit. Yeah, totally. I can relate to all of that because you're just sitting at home just uh, watching it snow forever. And you're like, I just remember my mom being like, oh, we need to go to the mall or something. I don't care about the roads. We just need to get out of this house. (laughs) Meanwhile, we haven't had snow here in literally three years. And it's 40 degrees and sunny out. The other day it was like 60. So I'm kind of jealous. I want some of that snow. Eh, like one day of snow. Not much. Just one day of getting out of work due to snow. That would be okay. Yeah. And pay me, please. Thank you. We also have a comment from Sit, Paint, and Play on Instagram who said, 10 out of 10, I'm there. That is seriously one of the greatest horror movies of all time. The practical effects are out of this world. And I think that's like the one thing everybody on this planet can agree with. 100%. And I know that we talked briefly on that episode about the studio interference that was made uh, in the 2011 prequel. I always heard that there was studio interference, but I never knew specifically what it was. But good old-fashioned Nova Cascade over on our Patreon, they actually sent us some information that the thing prequel was actually filmed originally with entirely practical effects and it was the studio interference that pushed for the cgi wow right tragic yeah what were they doing yeah i don't know man but here's the thing they also linked a video to the 2011 behind the scenes footage of like the split head creature and it was the practical effect of that like the physical model and it looked so fucking good Ooh. i'll put it in the show notes and then even further than that after the filming wrapped According to Nova Cascade, the effects guys launched a Kickstarter where they made their own film to, as an homage to The Thing and others like it, uh, all with practical effects called Harbinger Down from 2015. I'm down for Harbinger Down. Yeah, they said it was kind of hit or miss, but you know, if you're into that kind of thing, we can uh, check it out. I'll put the link down in the show notes. 
I'm into any example of what technology is allowing us to do with practical effects nowadays. And thanks again to Nova Cascade, some of our favorite patrons. And that's our follow-up. All right, well, speaking of those practical effects, this week we're looking back to the early days of Peter Jackson's career, a time before he helmed the likes of King Kong, Lord of the Rings, and The Hobbit. Now, while filming his directorial debut, Jackson met with two writers interested in making a zombie film, and they actually spent a few years conceiving what would ultimately become a cult classic. The end product was a 1992 New Zealand comedy titled Brain Dead, a film that would be banned in many countries, even illegal to publicly exhibit, renamed in several others, and finally released by a different name in the U.S. in 1993, with two different versions to it, no less. This week's movie follows the story of Lionel Cosgrove, his star-crossed lover Paquita, and the kindling of their romantic entanglement, a la the Smith family, in the midst of a zombie outbreak. This week, we're talking about Dead Alive. Now, who has witnessed this mayhem before? I've actually seen a couple like snippets of scenes from the film. It's some kind of horror documentary, maybe, but uh, I've, act- I've never seen this film. It seems familiar, but in all actuality, I've never heard of this or seen this movie ever, surprisingly. <laughs> Is it surprising? I mean, I it's one it's of the goriest films ever. So. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> well, I can confidently say I've never seen or heard of this movie, which is truly unsurprising as always. Yeah, I'm, I'd actually be surprised if any of us had seen this. Maybe Chris has seen this. I don't know. She's going to tell us in a moment. But yeah, I'd never saw this. Never heard of it. The title, kind of like Lexus was saying, feels pretty generic. I will note, I did find someone in my life who has seen this. So there's oh. there's something. It has some people. <laughs> yeah. I actually had not seen this before, but there are three things that I knew going into it. First, I knew that Shaun of the Dead, one of my favorite zombie f- films ever, drew a lot of its comedic influence from this movie. Now, the second and third, one of my earliest memories of my roommate is actually involving this movie. She found out I was into horror movie and begged me to watch it. She praised this movie for its zany comedy and over-the-top gore, so I knew going into this it ended up being a bloodbath with screwball antics. Now, outside of that, though, I wasn't sure what to expect in terms of Peter Jackson because I feel like everything I've seen from his directing work has been so wildly different. Yeah, I've seen, like, The Frighteners from 1996. Obviously, I've seen when he was at the helm of Lord of the Rings. You've seen all those films. I have not seen The Hobbit, but I did see the 2005 King Kong So it's like Frighteners and then Legendary Epics. So I wasn't sure what to expect from this kind of movie. Yeah, I also didn't really know what to expect. A title like Dead Alive really just made me think, oh God, is this another zombie movie? As we know, I'm not the biggest fan of because they all kind of feel the same. I can confidently say that this does not feel the same. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong there. (laughs) I feel like an idiot because looking at the title, even the original title, uh, Brain Dead, I didn't put two and two together and go in expecting a zombie movie, even though I clearly should have. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect. And then when I started it, it really, it really just takes you down a path that you don't, there's no lights on this path. It's a dark path that you're walking down with low expectations. Before the dark path, though, there was, there was definitely a darkness for me because I didn't know what I was looking forward to. I, again, I remember seeing a couple of like clips from it, uh, but I honestly didn't know what it was going to be about. I, I, kind of expected it to be cheesy, uh, expected it to be gross, but that's kind of it. 
Yeah, I expected a zombie movie that was going to be also cheesy. Even in the first scene, I wasn't even sure what I was watching because I was like, okay, well, they're on Skull Island. Are we watching King Kong? So which would make sense. (laughs) But yeah, it was very, yeah, that's kind of what I expected. Another zombie movie. Yeah. Something similar to Evil Dead or something. Yeah. Watching this movie first, you you, you scour the internet for it. I wasn't able to find it any legitimate place for streaming or rental or purchase. Ooh, you can get the VHS on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I wish I had a VHS player. But we were able to find this on YouTube. Sound drops out a couple times. So, you know, I think this is definitely worth watching it via this method if you've already seen it and know what that missing dialogue is. But at first, when the movie starts, you're like, whoa, what are we actually watching? Is this like a bootleg? Am I being catfished here? Is this some other movie? And I'll tell you that, This movie did not start out well for me. There's like this opening scene that basically sets the zombification in motion and it outlines the root cause of the outbreak. And let me tell you, it was tough to continue past. Like I had to really force myself to. It was undoubtedly like the worst part of the movie for me. And I'll get into more detail on that later. But there is a shot in that scene that turned it around for me. I was able to start buying into the comedic side of things. From there... I think I was actually laughing a lot with this movie. It's hard to determine laughing with or laughing at, but for sure, I also felt like my stomach was churning throughout the whole thing. And I don't have a weak stomach. A churning stomach is the right description uh, for what I felt while watching this. It, it, it was a lot. Yeah, there was there was a lot going. There's a lot of gore. You know, I'm, I mean, we've seen gore before. We, I don't think we've seen anything like this though, especially when the gore is used for the comedy. I think we've used, we've seen gore used as part of a comedy horror, but this was definitely like the gore was like the punchline. Yeah. It wasn't comedy adjacent. Right. It was just there. It was yeah, front and center. So it's, it's definitely something that you don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it yet, but it's not what I was expecting to run into. I was expecting more like Shaun of the dead, maybe more like, evil dead um and it's just it's a whole other ball game going on here this it's not even baseball anymore we're playing cricket yeah i felt like while watching this i was um watching a rom-com i was like what is this (laughs) i'm so confused and chris you mentioned that first scene i also watched it but didn't know what I was watching. So I was like, um, okay. So I'm glad you <laughs> explained that scene for me because I had no freaking idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I for sure had to send it to my friend who had begged me to watch this. And I was like, okay, look, can you just like triple check and skim through it and make sure this is the real deal? Oh, good. Okay, yeah, because I was I was confused. And it's so funny that I I try to compare the gore and I'll talk about it later, but I don't know if I was necessarily like, grossed out or you know i think i was more shocked that i was like oh wow they did this but they did it in like in an entertaining way at least for me because it was with the comedy as well yeah i i can see that this would be the type of thing that alexis enjoys (laughs) my feelings while watching this were definitely uh overwhelmed i think and disgusted and i feel like i've been saying overwhelmed a lot lately and i don't think i'm an easily overwhelmed person but like there's a lot going on in this movie. And especially if you do have a weak stomach and it's, it's not terrifier, right? It's not terrifier. Gore. Yeah, exactly. It's different. It's different. Yeah. And it could get to you. It can get to you. And I think it's it got to me. So interesting. 
did not get to me like it got to you guys so weird did you eat before or during it, it i ate before for sure okay. i had kava yeah maybe even during <laughs> oh you're an animal <laughs> honestly alexis i am with you i found the more stomach churning parts of this to be purely entertaining and not particularly like oh um but like everyone else yeah i started this movie and i texted the group chat i was like with a screenshot i said is this is this it am i in the right place because what the fuck exactly <laughs> after that first scene it just kind of continues and i was like i don't think at any point i stopped wondering what the fuck there were a couple points where i wondered can i finish this movie and i was like maybe i'll just sit this episode out because i don't think i can get through this movie and then i kind of mm, fell asleep for like two minutes woke up and then was like okay i have to sit up gotta pay attention and then things started going in a very different direction and i was like oh now you have my attention um, and <laughs> really rode that out to the end. I'm curious to see what at what point it grabbed your attention. I can't wait to hear what that was later. <laughs> I, I definitely want to revisit this like topic of the gore because for sure it's a zombie movie, right? So lots of blood. It's a bloodbath. But even though I knew to expect it, it somehow I was still surprised by how much I was physically gagging, not necessarily at the gore, and not not like Paris's. You know, Paris often says, like, oh, it's a total gag. No, like, I was retching, <laughs> uh, dry heaving, watching this. And it was the gross stuff, like, involving food. Oh. If you guys have listened to this podcast for a while, you know that any close-up of a mouth eating something. Also, I know we had to talk about this. It may have been on B-Sides for a patron episode about, like, my food preferences. I'm really weird about texture. I hate custard, and I don't like pudding. So it was the com- combination of, like, a certain shot where there's some gross shit happening. And then on top of that, you have a gross man's mouth and some custard going into that mouth. And I legitimately thought I was going to throw up the Panera salad that I just had like a few minutes before. (laughs) It was a really difficult time. But just to be clear, right? It wasn't like terrifier like oh i i'm cringing at the blood. It was the other gross shit that happens in it. But I was also surprised how much the music choices made me laugh. Again, laugh with, laugh at, I don't know. But I laughed. I could totally see that because I wasn't sure how to feel in certain, like, I was like, well, is this building up? And then it would change. I'm like, okay, I'm supposed to be, like, entertained. I don't know. The comedy was what really surprised me at first. I thought it was, like, really dry. And then I realized what the intention was in this movie. And I could not stop laughing, like, at everything. And there's one point in particular where, like, an infant gets punched and (laughs) I literally laughed. I was just laughing my ass off. All right. Just real quick for our listeners. I promise none of us like child abuse. Yes. It's, it's not funny. We don't think that's cool. Get through the movie. Don't worry. It's not like a, like a poor innocent child is being beaten, but that's such a great description of it because it's all you can think when you're seeing it. It is. It's just, I mean, that's one of them. And then there's some there. I wish there was more one liners, but I feel like that would take away from it. It would end up being a different movie. Um, but I appreciated like the one or two that maybe I just picked up on, but I, I, I like those. So I was just uh, surprised at how the, you know, comedy grows throughout the movie and how entertained I was with and happy i was with this um comedy i'm gonna take it back and go with chris on this the gore is what surprised me it was shocking and i think it has to do obviously with the level of gore but like the creativity involved the way in which gore was used um it it wasn't like an afterthought like hey when this happens blood should spurt out it was like 
we're going to make the entire scene about like this crazy gore that no one else shows. And we need to, it's, it's, it's honestly the punchline. It's the scene is like the setup for the gore to happen. And that was not something that I had expected. It was very shocking. Just the intensity that we, uh, that we get in film. I totally agree. The gore was super surprising. Uh, you kind of start off pretty, pretty heavy and then it somehow like ups the ante and then it does it again. And then you're at this point where you're like, is there anything more you can do? And I don't think there is, but I gotta say, I was really disappointed by like the comedy of it all. I didn't find it particularly funny. This movie makes like a lot of like really big choices in the comedy realm. Uh, it takes a lot of like huge swings. Uh, and I didn't really, they didn't really resonate with me. I was entertained. Um, but I found like the funniest parts to be some of the smaller choices. They were like really subtle. Uh, and we can talk a little bit more about those later, but ultimately I was like, this is just a really gross ass movie. You know, Paris, you've never been more right. <laughs> you know, you really haven't. I'm going to go with a silly surprise here, but I'm surprised by the dime Paquita and how she just entertains these mediocre men, <laughs> several of them, more than one. I thought that too. I was like, girl, you are fine. Leave these crooked teeth okay is it wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the one there's there's many other things to be surprised and disappointed by but you guys already hit most of them so i'm gonna focus on how attractive this woman is and how ugly these men are <laughs> and also everyone else in the movie it must be said i don't think there's a truer statement about this movie really it's honestly the whole focus now obviously this movie is not built to scare you i'm not sure if if there's somehow some random moment that kind of got you. But I think it's it sounds like it's safe to say that we're all sufficiently disturbed or grossed out by the gore, except for Alexis, who's probably there just like pumping her fists the whole time. Yeah, I really was. I mean, I was like there. I mean, there's points in the gore that I'm like, Ugh. but I think I was just more like, intro, like, wow, this is a practical effect. This is not CGI. This is, you know, I was more in awe, I think. For you, it's like, ooh, but fun. Yeah, and it wasn't like, I mean, you know, I like the sauce, but it's just like a very different atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's why I liked it more, probably. But it just had this different, different, very different feeling. Yeah, but definitely not scary. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. Not scary. It's like they took the gore from Saw and like amplified it by a thousand and took away all of the fear, which kind of almost gave them like a pass to make it even gorier, which I wasn't mad about. Same. But yeah, certainly not scared. Yeah, I don't think fear was the goal. I mean, maybe like maybe some people were were scared by it. Maybe just like the intensity worried them a little bit. Like they had a little sweat on their brow. But yeah, I think Chris focusing on the grossed out aspect is a good replacement for fear in this case. For sure. And I think the gore and how much it grosses you out puts this movie in a class all its own. However, I will say while this, I think, is going to be very memorable for me because I've never seen anything quite like the extent of this, this really is an odd amalgamation of a ton of other properties like um, Psycho, King Kong, Night of the Living Dead, a dash of Romeo and Juliet, a sprinkle or a pinch of Scooby-Doo to an extent. Somehow it still ends up being unique. I think it's taking all these odd elements from so many things and it's also just like this really specific New Zealand comedy. But I, I honestly think this might be one of those movies that I never forget just from one watch alone. Yeah, I agree. Um, no idea where I was trying to figure out where this was even supposed to be set. And I was like, this is an odd place I've never really seen. 
and kind of confusing, but I really thought it just reminded me, I guess maybe uh, the characters remind me of like uh, Psycho and, you know, this Mormon Bates and his mom sort of like conflict and you even have the house that's on top of the hill. I was like, okay, you just need a motel and we're good. Saw a lot of that in this movie. Um, So I don't know, maybe because I've seen this series too, but it kind of dwells on that a little bit as well. But I thought it was original for what it was. Yeah. The one that stands out for me is Night of the Living Dead. And that's like what I've spent any moment thinking about to not think about this movie while I was watching it. I don't know. This is one of those ones where I feel like I, I, it, I my opinion of originality almost means nothing. But I, I don't feel particularly like it's original, although I can see the merit in someone that would. For me, if you zoom really far out, this doesn't seem original. But if you zoom in... There's got to be at least like 15 to 20 things I've never seen before in my life True. and probably will never see again. So it gets some originality points for me, but it is also just like a, a zombie movie at the end of the day. Maybe it's just like the most zombie movie. I don't know. <laughs> okay. So maybe this is not something everyone will get, but this was the horror movie equivalent of the aristocrats joke. And I don't know if any of you have seen this joke delivered but literally anybody any good comedian could tell this joke but obviously a good one tells it you know the best you can look this up on youtube you can see different people delivering it it ends kind of like this movie does like in an absolutely disgusting grotesque way that's the whole point of the joke and i think that in a way like yeah you can get all those themes you can get all those like portions of other stories or films if you want to but for me this was just like a delivery of the aristocrats joke like absolutely beyond any other delivery i've seen i I don't know if any other movie is like this movie anything before or anything since but yeah definitely look that up look up somebody telling there's a whole documentary on the joke uh, but that's what this is like like who cares if parts of other movies or parts of other stories are influenced here it's just this is not a retelling this is not a, a showing uh, like anything else. Yeah. And I think I could say the um, ending is so original. Um, it was not my favorite though. I just thought it was a little too over the top. One, I feel like the ending lasted an hour. Really? <laughs> it actually truly was almost an hour. Yeah. It was not my favorite ending of a movie. I'm so surprised by that. The ending was my favorite part of this. <laughs> the longer it went on, the campier it got. It sure did. So it makes sense that their parents would like that. That's true there was like a road to the ending that i was like actually i'm kind of on board here and then we got there and i was like oh, okay well that's the thing that's that's what we're doing i'm not surprised we've already done <laughs> that's so what much I'm looking at right now yeah that's what i'm looking at <laughs> so uh, i can't i cannot say it's my favorite ending that's for sure it did conjure up suspiria remake vibes for me which is another ending we know i love the ending of this movie was like peter jackson was definitely thinking you know, people probably think this stuff is insane. Like, how can we go out on such a high note? No one will ever be able to replicate this kind of an ending. And just like he took it there. You know, when, when a joke's already too far and then somebody's like, nope, I'm going to take it further. And that's what this, this ending was. But see, I, I feel like it's when you take it too far and then you're like, okay, that's not funny anymore. And you take it further and it's like, no, stop. And then you take it further and you're like, okay, it's kind of funny again. I feel like we reached that point at the end. <laughs> see, I thought they reached it 20 minutes into the end, not 40 minutes. In. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want to know what these milestones were, where you lost, uh, where you lost the funniness and then regained it. But I'll agree the end. Well, no, not the end or even the end end or the pre end. 
the whole third act was just remarkably too long, but it was chaos and it felt right for the movie. It didn't feel right for like my watching preferences, but I don't think it much could change from that and still capture the spirit of the movie. But it did give us a whole lot of death. Now, let's start making our way to our ratings. Alexis, this is one of the goriest movies of all time. So naturally, there's got to be some bodies. What's our body count? There is. And I'm going to say this number, and I know y'all are going to turn your heads, but I'm only saying this as a, like, it's a zombie movie. So we're going to have an asterisk somewhere in the number. So I have eight. When I say eight, I mean, you know, main characters that you see that are present um, that doesn't include, you know, a few scenes where everyone, you know, not to spoil anything, but chaos happens. So just like any other zombie movie, not train. I don't think it's on train to Busan level, you know, but eh, it's, 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 it gets there for an uh, early nineties movie. Yeah. I think if you counted all the bodies on the floor, you're, you gotta be in the dozens, right? I mean, yeah, probably, yeah. probably. But the real question is, Ryan, were any of those deaths animals? Yeah, let's let's take a minute for the animal report here, because this movie does not take a minute for the animal report. We do lose a good boy, not on screen, but there's enough on screen that it's not a good experience. And they just didn't even mourn him at all. They just let him go. So I'm here to mourn our boy Fernando. He deserved better than what he was given in this movie. That's for sure. Also, rip to that monkey who got bitch slapped in the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that too. I mean, there are some other animal things happening, but you know me. You know I love the dogs. That's what I care about here. But it's not a great animal report. Not the worst we've seen. Very it's true. not the thing. I think that's what most people really care about here. Let's see how that animal report shakes out in the scoring. Dead Alive from 1993 aka Bren Dead from 1992, if you're from New Zealand, was it a hacker slash? So here's how I feel about this movie. And I've come up with the perfect way to describe it because it was hard for a while to put into words my feelings. And I spent a lot of time thinking about it. So here's the thing. If up your alley, or in this case, up my alley is a very specific place. If my alley has an address, if it's somewhere movies that I enjoy would be, this movie I'm on Earth and this movie is on Jupiter. It could not be further from up my alley. <laughs> it's not even an alley that you would travel down. Now we get it. It's not an alley that could... I mean, there could be free chicken and bright lights and I wouldn't go down this alley. You could give me a million dollars and I would not go down this alley. This movie is a live action cartoon and I don't really like cartoons that much. It, it just makes me so unhappy. Paquita is almost the only thing worth saving here but then she is also not <laughs> because she's ridiculous in her behaviors and how she treats this man and all these things going on she's just like oh my god they're having a party without me like it's it ridiculous this movie the people that created this movie couldn't spell the word nuance if they tried they could have a dictionary in front of them and they wouldn't be able to spell it but i'm done it's a hack for me this movie is just not me i know i'm sorry that i can't be so fun and enjoy things like this but it's just not it's just not my jam. Interesting. I see where you're coming from. I definitely was watching this movie and 
like Chris said earlier, uh, one of her friends said it was very zany and it was, I didn't even know what I was watching. And I was like, man, I feel like this is not what I'm supposed to be watching. But when we sent it in the link, when we, everyone sent the link, I put it in there, saved it on my YouTube so I would not get confused on what I was watching. And it turns out that I was like very entertained. I don't necessarily care for the plot line, the ending, but I love the gore on it. And I like it because it's so freaking different than what I'm used to. I'm really used to like very intense, um, honest, like this torture porn that like I'm like more accustomed to and that I've become used to honestly just seeing all the time that it was nice to see a different side of gore and take it in a funnier way but still be serious and i'm just like oh wow you know someone's head did get pulled back and something was slid down the throat or you know there might be zombies fucking in this movie (laughs) i was down for hearing zombie moans i have no idea it was interesting i i like this movie i don't know if it's something i'd ever watch again but i definitely would recommend it to people just to get something different this is like something i haven't seen in a very long time um even a horror comedy i mean it's just like completely different than any other ones i've seen so it's definitely getting a slash for me so i feel like i'm more with ryan on this in that this is not something that i would ever seek out it is not an alley i would find enticing um like i said there's parts of this movie that i found to be truly just unbearable and also boring And I was really thinking because the ending did such a number on me that I had to like really ruminate on this for a while. I was like, what do I think about this movie? And I actually thought about my very first episode on here when I defined like what it is that a slash is to me. And it's got to have good female characters, which this movie has. One. There's two. The mom. (laughs) Two. You know I love a crazy mom. And it's got to be original and it has to make me feel things and be shocking. And ultimately... I feel better for having watched this movie, and it is something I would recommend people watch. Will I ever watch it again? Probably maybe one time. Will I ever watch the last 30 minutes again? Probably several times. It's also just one of those situations where I've never felt so compelled to appreciate all of the work that went into this, but just like the sheer volume of craftsmanship that goes into this ending, like so many practical effects, like we'll talk about it later, but this ultimately gets a very surprising slash from me. All right. I'm going to struggle. I think I, ha- I need an analogy to describe kind of how I felt watching this slash feel about it. And I really, I can't even come up with any. It's hard to describe. It's so, it's so unique of a feeling watching this movie. You know, the, they sh- used to show in movies, kids would like put dog poop in a paper bag and put on the porch and light it on fire. And then people would come out and stomp on it. <laughs> Like they, they thought that was like a funny joke in those movies that people actually did. I don't know how many times people actually did that. This is like an entire, I don't know, thousand person group showed up to your house and pooped everywhere in your house and lit your house on fire and burned it down. And they thought that was funny. That's kind of how it felt for me. It was absolute chaos. It was disgusting. It's ruled out an entire food group for me that I can no longer eat without thinking about this film. I literally was going to go eat dinner. Like, I don't know. 30 minutes after watching this film and had to just like tune out, like go into Zen mode to not think about the fact that I was eating food after watching this film. The gore was definitely the punchline here. The setup was a bad joke and the punchline was also trash. 
So I didn't really find it funny in any way. I just thought it was disgusting. And I think you can do this well. I mean, Shaun of the Dead is one of my favorite movies. So I think you can have a zombie movie that's funny. I think you can have a zombie movie that uses some gore. Uh, that's also funny. I love Evil Dead and Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness has been one of my uh, favorite movies for all time. So I know you can also have camp and cheesiness and run on a floor covered in blood and not move anywhere. And that's kind of funny and cartoony. But I did not enjoy watching this film in any way at any point of the film. And so I cannot recommend anyone else even try to watch it. Therefore, it is a major and absolute hack for me. Thank God. That was potent. I never seen you like, I'm, I'm not saying that was aggressive, but like, I've never seen you that aggressive with that much energy <laughs> that was energy like in it i'm not saying it was aggressive <laughs> but it was aggressive the the scene that chris mentioned earlier in the film that we can hopefully break down uh in in the spoiler section what like set the tone for me and that was early in the movie yeah dog no agreed i ate dinner before watching this movie i watched the movie felt sufficiently grossed out didn't eat breakfast today ate lunch today could not eat dinner again as I was writing my notes for this episode. I just, I can't think about this movie and food. Can't do it. This is so interesting. I literally finished this and then just like ate a piece of cake while telling my boyfriend he should have watched it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got hungry after watching this. <laughs> oh, Here's the thing. I'm struggling a bit with this. And so far we're tied at two hacks and two slashes a piece. This certainly is not my cup of tea. And as I just described, I feel dietarily scarred from this movie. I don't think I've ever said that before in my life. There are a lot of flaws here, but ultimately this movie has a very specific charm. And I'm just trying to figure out if that charm works for me or not. I was entertained throughout it. Uh, maybe because I'm on vacation, I was in a good mood, I was feeling nice, haven't had to work in a long ass time. But ultimately, when it comes down to it, I was laughing throughout it, laughing with it, laughing at it. Who fucking cares? I had a good time. And this is not a volume of gore I care to see in a movie, but I do feel like it would have been really fun to watch with Alexis, and I do feel like it'd be fun to watch with friends, so it's getting a slash. Maybe we'll all have to watch this again together. <laughs> I'll... I'm calling out sick right now. I'll bring the pudding. I'll have popcorn. <laughs> I will watch this again with everyone if we are doing like intermittent fasting. <laughs> you can do whatever you want to do. It is not intermittent. It's just fasting. <laughs> no, Ryan and I will come to this if all three of you eat banana pudding while we watch it. Yep. Oh, for sure. Easy. Fuck no. I wouldn't eat banana pudding on a regular day. Yeah. I don't like bananas. <laughs> I don't like pudding. Fuck that. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know. Chris doesn't like creamy. Creamy and phallic? No, thank you. <laughs> you can cut bananas. Well, there you have it, folks. Dead Alive from 1993. Despite how gory and gross and zany and comedic, but also semi-not funny it was, earned three slashes and two hacks. Now, as we said before, this movie is tough to find if you don't already own it on physical media or if you don't want to order a VHS from Amazon. But fear not, you can watch it on YouTube. If you search for the full movie, it's there. You might miss some sound for a few seconds here and there, but hey, no big deal. Go ahead, check it out. Experience the horror of these of this gore and this gross stuff. Then join us in the second half so we can break it all down. We'll see you in a bit. Hey there, pudding eaters. It's time to upgrade your soft food game and try the finest custards this side of Jupiter. Water and powder does not a dessert make, so get a bucket of thick, rich and creamy custardy goodness from Ryan's Alley Custards. Our custards are full of delicious dairy with an assortment of natural flavours for every palate. Espresso bean, cotton candy, cocoa. 
peanut butter cup, traditional lemon, and new and improved ketchup flavour. So don't be an egg. Pick up a hot and fresh bucket of Ryan's Alley custards at 1957 Ryan's Alley and become a custard man today. Welcome back, folks. You are now entering the spoiler zone for Dead Alive, which has really surprised all of us here. It has earned three slashes and two hacks. One of those hacks, though, was the most passionate hack we've ever gotten from Mac. Now, we have a lot to unpack here, but before we get into the specifics of all these scores, Alexis, whew, good luck. One of the goriest movies of all time. What's our gore score? This is definitely a score that merits its own, you know, extremeness, I, in my opinion. And I feel like we have not used this yet, at least in the new year. So we're going to give this a holy shit, that's a lot of gore score. <laughs> <laughs> Feels right. That does feel right. Yeah, it's definitely not terrifier level. I mean, it's just a different, it's very like, you know, that's like, let me hurt someone. This is just like very funny. I don't know. Y'all think of the gore differently in this movie than I do. That's true, because zombies exploding into a pool of blood the second they fall into the floor is a very different gore from cutting somebody <laughs> in half the wrong way. Yeah, like a human that's like someone's friend and a sister and yeah, right. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's a million, in, well, maybe not a million, but there are a lot of deaths in this movie. And I just want to know, like, I can start it off, but just everyone's favorite kill. It's hard to pick one. Oh, I got four. Yeah, I have a handful as well, like a, a small assortment. Yeah. So there's a lot of scenes and a lot of deaths, especially in this like party scene um, that happened. And one of my favorite goes to the party goer that's there and their whole rib cage is ripped out. Mm. I was like, this is so epic. Like, it's just... I was going to say magical was going to be the first word that popped into my head. I support that. <laughs> it was a very magical scene where you could just pull that out and you're like, what the heck? You know, it was just like slid off the skin. Just like, <laughs> it was crazy. I don't, that was very like imaginative too. I liked it. You mentioned a party goer. Can I join your party? You sure can. Yeah. So it's going to be another party goer, not the ribcage though, but it's the man whose entire face just got slipped right off <laughs> like just a sock like, like he was just wearing a yes. sweater on his face it was ridiculous it, yeah so you can have like your hand or your finger degloved if you get it like caught in like a hatch on a, on a boat and you just see the bone but the ease with which that face came off and you can't <laughs> tell where the face is no longer the actors and where the prop starts it's insane. It was so beautifully done. And magical. Also very creepy. I would like to see your party goer and raise you yet another party goer, if I may put my bet on the table. And for me, it is the reverse boneless chicken legs, where it is no chicken and only bone legs <laughs> oh. from the waist down. That one was the one that was the most fun for me. And I'd like to note the the party kills are probably the best part of this movie. They're so fun. And so when he was he was just pulled out and it's just it's like he pulled his pants off, but it was just all the meat from all of his <laughs> appendages. I don't know. It's like when people put like chicken wings in their mouth and they, it just comes out and it's the bone. That's exactly it's, what happened. Yeah, it's it's gross. The bones were left behind, so reverse boneless is what I'm calling so that that's one. That's up Brian's alley then. I was okay with that one. You know? I didn't say I hated everything in the movie. It just wasn't up my alley. 
Let's keep this party going. Uh, I'm surprised nobody mentioned my girl Lightbulb, bitch. But she remained a fixture in that scene for like (laughs) 10 more minutes afterwards, just glowing. So long. Radiant. Truly pulling focus the entire time. I was like, we're just going to leave her there and she's chilling. Okay, sure. Like just like strobing kindly. She's a selfie ring. (laughs) (laughs) Mandy, aka Lightbulb, bitch, was number four on my list. (laughs) We save that for you, Paris. But wait, I also want to give honorable mention to at one point when all of the hands are like coming through the door the woman like cuts that hand completely off with the world's tiniest little cuticle scissors like right through the bone no questions asked this is not a movie for questions really yeah truly <laughs> it's really not i don't have a question but i do have a kill the nurse i guess is what she was with the hand you know the fingers going in through the face skin that was on my list too and then the just head snapping backwards and then just running around as a zombie after that situation happened yeah she's on my list too for yeah sure. that's the one of the most like notable kills for me she's on a list for me for sure and it has to do with things that her neck does with right custard. what that neck do yeah. <laughs> custardy things unfortunately oh alexis can i throw a couple more yes i mean there's so many i don't want to give everyone just one okay look here we go void zombie void punching a woman from the back of the head through the mouth perfectly that was insane (laughs) very reminiscent of house of wax paris hilton getting impaled by a pole and then the other one void's actual death when he's pissing on the grave and zombie mum reaches up grabs his junk pulls him down and there's blood spraying everywhere i mean look that's only four out of a shit ton of deaths but man that's a lot my favorite um is like the uncles. So you have this Paquita taking his freaking spinal cord. You know, this is after he's, you know, decomposed and, you know, disposed of and just kind of like taking it and like swinging it and smashing his head on the counter. I was like, you cannot make this shit up in this movie. It is like amazing. I also loved when the mom was at the zoo and crushed that like rat monkey's skull with that like ugly little loafer wedge that like hideous little heel (laughs) she just like squished it so hard his bubbling eyes are just popping out yeah there was a little bit too much pus in this movie in general for me but i remember being like that's the most work that sensible shoe has ever put in so paris i know you mentioned how you love the craftsmanship of this movie and all the practical effects so i'm really excited to share some like cool research I found out, you know, the gore you know with the whore you know. <laughs> so Chris had mentioned um, that this movie is said to be, be the bloodiest of all time. And it's measured in the amount of blood that's been f- like was in the production of this movie. During that iconic scene that we all call the party scene, lawnmower scene, where um, Lionel is massacring these hordes of zombies with his lawnmower, 300 liters or around 80 gallons were of flake blood were used in that scene. Wow. Which is pretty cool. I don't know what the consistency or what it was made of, but I'd love to know that. Custard. <laughs> we know it's custard. It's custard. <laughs> it's just red custard. That's a lot of high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> <laughs> the lawnmower also had real blood that were um, being fed wax limbs for the zombie slaughter effect, which I thought was really neat too. Wow. So I know we talked about how comical this was and the BBFC loved this film and they decided to consider it granting it like a, you know, 15 certification. So like 15 year olds can go see this movie. Ugh. I don't know how I feel about it. 
<laughs> you change your minds later. I know they did. So eventually they were like, you know, we can't do this. And therefore they rated it at 18 because, <laughs> you know, you just can't be showing 15 year olds this. However old I am, no matter the year, it should be rated one year above that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're never technically allowed to watch it again? Exactly. Max yeah. not allowed. Yeah. And in many countries too, this, uh, we talked about this before, is this movie was because of its extreme gore was either banned or left unrated before even being heavily cut um, to have that unrated version. Also the gory violence that was caused this film to be banned specifically in South Korea, Singapore and Finland. However, the film um, was unbanned and released uncut in Finland in 2001. Wow. That's pretty recent. So really interesting. I mean, to me, I just don't see the big deal. But uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe for 15 year olds, but definitely not to be banned, essentially. Was it a sewer system problem? Like they were backing up with all of the vomit? <laughs> that might be a good that might be. Uh, so, you know, when all of these found footage like films came out. Yeah, I worked worked in a movie theater and I can tell you I've cleaned up so much. Throw no, up. thank you. And it was so horrible. Maybe it was the movie theater workers guild that asked for this movie not to be released <laughs> in all these places. Yeah, so I could totally see it. It's like, I'm sick of cleaning this stuff up. Did they unionize <laughs> just to prevent this movie from being shown in theaters? I would, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Alexis mentioned this being one of the most bloody films in terms of its volume of blood. This movie was raining for a while. And one day, I promise you guys, on this podcast, we will do The Evil Dead versus its remake. Apparently, that one used... 50,000 gallons of blood for one scene alone. 50,000 seems not like a real number. Yeah, it seems like we can recycle some of that blood and reuse it. It seems like it's probably just a lot of takes for one scene. Or an ocean. Did they try to make an ocean? Who knows? Maybe they try to recreate that scene from The Shining when the blood's coming out of the elevator. Yeah. <sighs> but if that's what it takes to dethrone this as one of the bloodiest movies, meh. I wonder how much was used in the Suspiria remake, though. Mm. So speaking of blood, I just have like a few more little gory tidbits to bring up one being the fact that we pulled teeth out of a man with no face that was one of those moments where i think this movie's like comedy tried to come through for me and maybe i picked it up for like a second the uncle grabs like the pliers and he's pulling his teeth and i'm like the man has no mouth at all why are you pulling his teeth individually you psycho but also i hated that uncle the most fair that reminds me of a scene that I thought was cool, too, was when the mom's like getting ready and she cuts her skin. Ugh. And Lionel's like, hold, like glue. he's like trying to glue it and he's like, hold Ugh. still or it won't or it'll stay. It'll like glue on crooked. Like, and I was like, Ugh. is that really what we're going for? <laughs> OK, but she she did like pull it together for lunch. I like to say. Did she? Really? Because that's was her spiral. Yeah, at the very beginning. She pulled it together and then she lost her ear in the custard. Yes. And then one other thing is our mans got chased by a set of internal organs. Okay. With a butthole. The whole set. Everything from esophagus down and use the intestines as weapons. And it was just, and like lung arms. It was truly horrifying to see intestines. How was that brought to life? I was wondering how the fuck it gained sentience. Like, I'm all about the zombies. Those organs had their own personality. It wasn't just, like, just moving. And they came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who needs opposable thumbs when you have lungs? Yeah, I mean, those entrails seem like, you know, he probably had a career, a wife and kids. Like, he was fully <laughs> developed. Probably had a better character arc than some of the other characters in this movie. Mm. Yeah, there were so many sausages involved. It was, ugh. Man, you're, you're mentioning the uh, shitty uncle, and 
I just got to point out, I don't know if anyone else noticed this. Is anyone else familiar with the band Stray Cats? Yes. Yeah, I got the vibe. So I'll drop a link in the show notes. There's a song they do called Stray Cat Strut. And I don't even know how to describe how you would describe it, Mac, but he looks like an old reject. (laughs) He was probably younger, got rejected from the band, wanted to relive his glory days, and he has the fucking hair and the suit and everything. Have you guys ever heard of Brian Setzer Orchestra? Nope. No. Okay, you're too young for that. That's right. Okay, similar vibe, similar vibe. Mm. Don't insult me. (laughs) To be honest, that whole like late 50s thing that was going on in the film was my favorite part of the film to look at was just the fact that it was set supposedly in in the late 50s, like the clothing, the cars. It was all taken to like a silly, zany extreme. Uh, But I kind of liked the way that it looked. You know, it didn't look like just another late 80s, early 90s setting, which was kind of fun. Yeah, I was very confused at first. I was like, but is this movie um, in 1992? But I'm glad I paid attention. Um, I think my favorite visual kind of ties in with the gore. It's your first scene where the guy's just hand is cut off, then his arm, and then they go for the head. And as soon as they're striking the head, the blood splatters and you get the title sequence. That was cute. It was cute. And I was like, this is setting me up for how freaking cheesy this movie is going to be because like that didn't even look like semi. It looked like I drew it. I literally text Chris and said, did I make this title sequence? (laughs) (laughs) Because it truly looks like the first animation I ever made for Hackerslash. (laughs) It was a good one. Great work, Ryan. Can I throw in a follow up though? Is that okay? A quick follow up, real time follow up to the uncle? Because the uncle's cold sores were my least favorite visual element. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. They were pretty gross. I was staring at them a lot when he was eating pudding. (laughs) Seems like the kind of guy who wants to watch donkey porn. Oh. Not, not, yeah, not good. I'm glad they did. We didn't get to that, at least. Like, they had some kind of boundary. Yeah, for sure. Was zombie sex not far enough? <laughs> right. No, I think donkey porn would have been past zombie sex, quite frankly. I agree. I agree. Visually, I'll step away from like the practical effects of just the gore itself. I was a big fan of the rat monkey. Ew, what? I don't know why. It looked super fucking goofy. And I thought, like, obviously it's not cute, but I think it was hilariously grotesque in contrast to these regular ass monkeys that are getting bitch slapped in the zoo and like getting their arms pulled off. And the stop motion, like claymation style of filming this it it was just fucking hilarious to me that for me was like an early hint of the extent of how goofy the effects were gonna be man i wish i could agree with you then i'd be a fun more fun person but it just oh right you talked about wanting a hairless cat he looked like he'd be a hairless cat yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly no 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 Those beady eyes ugh. oh very much that vibe hairless cats are adorable this thing was not adorable in any way shape or form and also evil okay i think he would have been adorable had he been not kidnapped and had he been understood no i don't think so i think you're wrong i'm just saying <laughs> we're in zombies on that island it's true it's because the native people were keeping it under wraps my favorite visual element is kind of boring it was the lighting in a lot of the scenes um this movie had like that old filmmaking charm to it uh specifically when we're introduced to lionel's mom and she's just kind of like walking around with that knife all of the lighting on her scenes was like really great and at one point she like drops a daffodil and then like stomps on it and you get this close-up that's like a beautiful like splash of light across the background and then just a close-up on her heel stepping on that flower and then like later they like do a close-up of her hand caressing a picture frame while she delivers some like bullshit monologue and i just thought like those little touches looked really good i did also want to talk about that part that alexis mentioned where 
the mom's like doing her face in the mirror because her her company is coming over and that little piece of her face falls off and she just says oh that reaction to me was like the funniest part of the whole movie (laughs) like bummer but also kind of horrific when you think about how thin old people's skin is (laughs) yeah And that it's like not that far off. Just like a thin piece of paper. Except for the super glue. I would like to bring up, you guys keep mentioning this thing about charm in this movie. If this is charm, I'm not interested in charm. (laughs) That old film charm, it does not do it for me at all. But it does relate to one of my favorite scenes, which I think that Paris, you probably appreciated this when it happened because it was definitely one of the coolest scenes visually. For me, it was when they were given the poison, but also an animal stimulant and jump out of the ground like like a boy band starting their concert. Yes. Everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like one by one dropping in or popping in. It was pretty good. I, I really did enjoy that scene. And that was right around the time where I was like softening up like during the party. I was like, all right, I'll have some fun here. I'll have a little fun. Okay. Now I want to see this. I want to see the party scene cut to Backstreet's back. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I would love that. You'd have to play it a few times. I would love that. I don't want the whole party scene. I want like the best of the party scene cut to backstreet's back <laughs> my uh favorite scene just in general was the um lunch or dinner i'm not sure what time in new zealand they have dinner it was super light still outside so when the two people came over and that was your favorite scene okay because the comedy was just rich in this movie rich is a word <laughs> and i'm a fan of the dr pimple popper videos that that's what it reminded me of and just seeing it shoot into the soup and everyone knows it's there and he still takes the oh gosh like eating it and then her ear falling off and everyone's just i mean it, it was i know you guys are like gagging right now but i i mean it was cringy to me but it was also like hilarious like so hilarious and i i i love that part i would like to note that chris has removed her headphones during this portion of the recording (laughs) so that she doesn't have to hear alexis describe it and it's (laughs) amazing i don't know how i'm gonna edit this truly it's honestly one of the most disgusting things i've ever seen in my life just think about rocks don't think about soft squishy (laughs) things you have to admit it was funny when the ear fell into the custard was it I mean, was it? Yes. But was it gross? Yeah. I think if that scene hadn't happened, I could have enjoyed this movie more. Interesting. My favorite scene. And yeah. You would have figured it out. <laughs> because I was like on board with like the goofy title and like, I kind of hated the whole monkey thing, but I was just like, okay, whatever. And we get like this cute girl and like the nice setting, like Mac mentioned, but then this scene happens and I'm just like, I can't handle it. And it's immediately followed by just flat out chaos with like headless nurse her head's flipped backwards and she's looking at people upside down nearly headless yeah nearly sorry sorry nearly (laughs) headless little strings holding her on it was just like a little too much all at once random scene to be a fan of but the uncle going into like chopping action just for that brief second got me some like major evil dead vibes and i actually liked that like just one moment where he i don't know what he even has does he have like a cleaver or something he has sharp utensils to use uh and he just says like step right up you bastards and like starts chopping and that part was actually kind of fun i feel like it was a knife but it looks like a specific saw woodworking tool but when he goes for the light bulb chick and like chops her in the head i was like man this is really just such an exciting moment (laughs) yeah so really cool chopping moment speaking of chopping honorable mention to the kung fu priest who kicks ass for the lord 
Oh. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous. I hated that. That definitely was something that I was laughing at and not with. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But I think my favorite scene, is, it's, it's kind of silly. It's at the funeral when Lionel's going towards his mother and the priest is just describing uh, how Lionel had the benefits of, like, you know, a mother's love and then hand through the casket, grabs Lionel, starts kicking his ass. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, peeing on a on a grave was really an intense moment that I should have been prepared for, but yet was still not. My favorite scene's kind of lame, but it, it's the, of course, like the whole party massacre. But I also really liked the end end where we have like the giant naked mom with her huge claws. At first I saw that and I was like, why? Huh, this is, this is happening. And they had like the big rooftop moment. But then I kind of love that he like dealt with his mommy issues and like crawled back into her womb and cut his way out, which was like, what the absolute fuck? Reborn. But one, I really admired just all the work that went into that like giant naked zombie old lady mom. And then also it had one of my funnier moments in the movie where she's like fully nude on this rooftop and then calls Paquita a slut. And I was just like, okay, you've got your 10 foot titties out, but sure, I'm the (laughs) slut here. That's a band name and I'm stealing it. (laughs) See, that's so funny. That was a favorite scene for you. That literally was the worst part of this movie for me, that whole ending. Like, I don't know. It reminded me of like, you know, Power Rangers that you're watching the movie and they fight all these Mm. little things and then all of a sudden it becomes, you know, it takes the Allison in Wonderland pill and, you know, explodes and it's huge now and then you have to put all the Power Ranger people together to fight him. But, like, that's what this reminded (laughs) me of. It's just, like, this big thing that is just extra. Look, Rita Repulsa has the magic. She zaps them with the magic to make them bigger and then they have to get the Zords to go beat it. That's Very final boss. I think the thing is, it also made, it was ridiculous, but also has nothing to do with zombies. It just became a different thing. And more importantly, to bring us back to like him dealing with his mommy issues, I could not have cared about his mommy issues any less at all. True. I didn't care about a single person in this movie. I kind of cared about Paquita, but then she didn't care at all that someone ate her dog. And I understand it's supposed to be funny. (laughs) It didn't come out as funny for me trying so hard to get a man this entire movie and i can relate (laughs) to in a sense but like when like mediocrity it is but also is she so like oblivious that this guy is going through things and she saw it yet she's still worried about herself essentially in a way in my opinion but then like this man's mother ate your dog he pulled a piece of the dog out of her mouth i'm pretty sure that was the whole entire dog it was like a good portion yeah, yeah. that huge hairball yeah he, he even said she didn't he didn't she didn't she eat all didn't of it there was some it. leftover there were it was splattered all over the bed <laughs> yeah that was the joke you're showing up to this man's house to ask him what he's doing to yeah, figure she out got what he's doing? thirst though bro yeah she was thirsty next level listen you can't deny the tarot cards <laughs> <laughs> i was just thinking the whole time these men are the most mediocre and she is so adorable and it's just like a commentary on life really <laughs> it's because paquita doesn't doesn't possess the emotional intelligence that ryan possesses no which is gonna be honest here kind of a useless trait so not important <laughs> very little value but feels good for yourself but yeah i don't know about you guys you guys liked this movie more than me mostly mm-hmm. except mac i didn't care about a single character and kind of hated them all deeply 
There is a a joke tweet that uh, Barris found on our Hacker Slash account where someone said, oh, yeah, I watched Wrong Turn for the plot, but it was a picture of Eliza Dushku. <laughs> you don't watch this movie for the plot, and I don't think you watch it for the characters either. You watch yeah. it for the fucking gore and the practical effects. Paquita was a woman who knew what she wanted and was going to get what she wanted at all costs. I have some some pain points with the characters here and there, but... I do think that there are some charming, funny little quips here and there. As much as I didn't like the I kick ass for the Lord, and as much as I didn't like the stand back boy, this calls for a divine intervention. <laughs> it's it's weirdly funny to talk about, right? So I didn't like it in the moment, but like I, I'm kind of fond looking back on it and sharing at it and hearing your laughter. But there's a there's another character choice that is so fucking bizarre to me, and I don't understand. I don't, it's not even about the logistics of it. I don't understand why this is in the movie and I don't understand why this thing goes to a park. It's the fucking zombie baby. Mm-hmm. What? It was, it was born so fast. She was pregnant for 10 minutes. Not even. Yeah. The most awkward part was when he was in the playground and like the baby became like a full adult in some scenes. I'm like, that baby just freaking grew and then was like a baby baby. <laughs> like when they would show him like walking away. Yeah. Yeah. They tried to go for like proportions, but the wrong way. Yeah. Like they were like, let's do it wrong. They did the Chucky thing. So we, we've been talking lately about how we've been playing Dead by Daylight. And Dead by Daylight, there's a character named Charlotte and she has a conjoined twin named Victor. And Victor's not a baby, but Victor did die when he was younger. So he's like this like baby-ish creature attached to her. And so... When he separates, you in the game can, like, get killed by Victor or Victor can jump on you and then you have to, like, slam Victor off of you. <laughs> and it, it, it's hilarious and also fucked up because people are then making jokes about stomping babies and the developers of the game are like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, that's not what this is. I watched this movie. All I could think about is Victor. <laughs> all I could think about. And now that's all I can think about. That baby in that game is creepy <laughs> as fuck, though. He did drive around that woman you know, like a, like a vehicle being inside of her head. That's a thing that happened. Like literally opened her face. You could see it was him. Yeah. I, I was not prepared for that part. And that was really at the end of the party where I was like, all right, I was enjoying the party, but now it's time to go home. Yeah. And then that happened. And I was just like, what? (laughs) Yeah. That's the point in the party where the people who've been threatening to get naked once they get drunk finally do. And the entire time you've been saying literally do not get mm. naked. That's the point in the party where you're just, I I'm calling a taxi I'm, at this point. I'm getting naked. <laughs> I'm thinking it's, <laughs> I'm thinking it's the part of the party where people have been doing drugs all night, but now don't care anymore. Mm. And they just keep doing them in the open now. And you're like, mm-hmm. I think it's a good time that I go. Yeah. You know, Ryan, I totally agree with you. A lot of the characters in this felt like throwaways. You're not watching this movie for the characters, but of course, I loved the psycho mom. Uh, from the moment we were introduced to her, I was like, this crazy bitch, what is she going to get into? And I thought she was just going to be there for a little bit, but then she ended up being like the main bitch. And I was like, okay, she's really doing a whole lot. Paris, did you appreciate that she chose to use a full-on kitchen chef's knife as a letter opener? I sure did. Everything she did with that knife was very fun. I would like to shout out people who open their mail with a chef's knife because let me tell you, my grandmother definitely opens mail at times with a chef's knife. She has a very specific mail opener. I don't know why mail is like a big part of life when I like connected to my grandmother for me, but she has a a mail opener, but if it were to be misplaced, she will use a chef's knife and it is hilarious. 
That's all I could think about. It has a heightened level of drama. <laughs> but then I also loved Paquita's grandma. She was like the most wrinkled woman on, on earth. Truly, but beautiful and wrinkly in a good way. You think? Yeah. I literally was just like, what do you have to do in life to get that wrinkled? Read a lot of tarot cards. Well, yeah, I was like, I love that she was this like old tarot crone and she was kind of like setting the stage and I was like, oh, I love this. And then she kind of came in later and she's like, death, decay, blood, guts. And then like all the cards were just horrible. And she's like, well, this isn't going to be good. I appreciated her too. <laughs> so the moms in this really, they had a, a little place in my heart. I do have one random character thing, which is so tiny, but I had to write it in my notes and it's from the beginning scene. I just had to write down why people love permits because your boy was like, I have a permit. I have the permit. Like these people will kill you. They don't care. I have a permit to be on your land that does not belong to me in any way, but my government says I can be. Exactly. Exactly. Like they're like, you can't take it. And he's like, no, no, no. I have a permit. Like, boy, if you don't get that permit up out of here, we don't care at all. It's very much colonization that you see in pocahontas where they're just like plant the flag and they're like this is my land my land give me your rat money <laughs> so so true that's how colonizing works it's not good i did not understand lionel's motivations at all for anything that he did ever in the film like it made no sense to try to cover up the zombies. I get that he's supposed to be obsessed with his mother and he's supposed to be like all the serial killers we've seen that will literally keep their corpses and like wear their dresses and stuff. But when she was like trying to eat everybody, don't you think at that point you would have been like, I'm calling the cops? I think it was all just motivated by cowardice. I guess so. Because he was pretty cowardly up until Real like soft. the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely a bit beta up until he engaged alpha mode, apparently. But yeah, like the entire time he was just making these bad decisions. And first of all, like turning down Paquita, like, what are you doing? You messed up, dude. You need to tell her what's going on get her in, get her, you know, get the help from Paquita because she's there for you and she's beautiful. Like, why would you ever shun her and turn her away? I don't know. That I just don't get. Yeah. He was truly just like a turd of a character. Yeah, he was. He reminded me so much of like Norman Bates. So I could not see anything past that. I was like, this is just him in another, uh, Norman Bates in another movie. No, but he almost drowned, so like he's kind of coming for Jason's lore, too. Right. Oh, there you go. What a mix. Fear the water. It is kind of messed up that his whole origin story that we find out in the end, that like his dad was seeing this other woman, and then his mom drowned them both, apparently in a bathtub. I was curious, were they both in the bathtub at the time? That's what it looked like. They were face-to-face -face in the bathtub, which is very right. uncomfortable with a grown woman and a baby. But you would get out, right? She's like taking her time with one, and the other one's like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and get out of the bathtub now. But no, like they're both in there, and somehow she's holding them both in, and then he's sitting there watching, and then she like lies to him for the rest of his life. That's a pretty screwed up origin story. Max, she's a woman scorned. Maybe it was never the monkey at all, and this was just a part of her, and she was you know, had these powers inside of her the whole time because clearly she's a big, strong woman at the end. And maybe she became the big, strong woman to hold everybody in the bathtub together. It was big tub. Big, strong woman is her final form. And kind of like those things where you just add water and all of a sudden you have a dino sponge. Mm. You just add any kind of bite. Doesn't it's not, it's not like you're getting venom from the bite. You just add teeth inside the arm and then boom, you got big, strong woman. Just break the skin and things go awry. Yeah, I mean, when she's in initial zombie mode, she's like, you haven't even seen my final form. <laughs> Chris, you were mentioning this earlier when we were talking about characters, but truly that fucking baby was the worst part of this entire movie for me. <laughs> every single scene with that baby i was like no no this is stupid and then yeah. like ryan was saying and alexis at some points they like made the baby a person in a costume like running away 
like they did in Chucky. And like those parts were creepy and unsettling to me. Probably the closest I got to being scared, but truly that baby like sucked so much. It felt like, it felt like a level of humor that's like so base that I just can't even, I can't even entertain it anymore. To me, it's kind of like poop humor. Yeah, it felt like toilet humor or like adjacent. Every once in a while, I'm going to laugh, but like mostly not funny. Like when he's in the park struggling with the baby, I was like, no, can we keep it pushing? I'm done. Like, why do you have a baby carriage at the park? It was like very weird. It was all very weird. Like, where did you buy a baby carriage, sir? For me, since I have to pick a best part, and I've talked about some things I did enjoy, I'm going to say the best part was the title sequence oh 100 the two second title sequence <laughs> i have both a worst and a best part just because i wanted to be a little bit fair but the worst part i'm going to line up with paris the worst part was definitely the zombies humping in the dining room leading to a zombie Ugh. baby being born mm. that was that whole concept of the making the zombie baby and then the zombie baby existing uh could have done without the best part of the movie though was lionel showing up at the end with a lawnmower party's over that Again, very <laughs> Evil Dead vibe going on there that I liked. Uh, he finally like showed up and decided to, you know, do something useful aside from run in place on a pool of blood. Uh, but yeah, I actually enjoyed that because it it did have some some vibes of other movies I like. And we maybe haven't given enough credit to how effective a zombie fighting technique using a lawnmower is. You know, yeah, we haven't seen that before. That's a that's a good thing to keep in the back of your mind just in case right apparently lawn tools in general so lawnmowers chainsaws etc yeah, the only problem is they probably gonna take a long time to start <laughs> or run out of gas at some point yeah and sometimes you don't mix the oil and gas right and it never starts again and like it's a whole thing or your weed eater runs out of wire it's a lot yeah i actually did like a scene earlier in the movie it was actually a specific shot when lionel's out doing yard work and the lawnmower just covers up the camera completely i'm like all right i see what you're doing here you're giving us a hint but on a more serious note and this is like I talked earlier about how the beginning was like the worst part of the movie for me. And I think it's because just it's just from a modern perspective, right? Watching it for the very first time, it's very reminiscent of King Kong. So I get it. Peter Jackson loves King Kong. I'm there for it. However, this is like a super common thing in cinema. So it's not like a unique sin, but it contributes to something that I haven't been able to get out of my head from the horror noir, a history of black horror documentary. And it's that representation for black characters and also like indigenous people and people of color, right, have evolved over time. So early on, they're either totally absent, only seen in the background as help, or they were just villains or antagonists. And then beyond that, they were yeah, sometimes associated with being the voodoo priests or just spiritual guides. And it's just a bummer. Obviously, this is New Zealand. I don't know the cultural context of New Zealand, not going to pretend to know, but it is something that watching this for the first time after watching that documentary a couple months ago, it's just something that I could not get out of my head. And it just left a really bad taste in my mouth. It's like every every character in this movie is a caricature and I get it, but it felt tasteless. I don't know. I'm probably taking it too seriously. I get it, but yeah. I agree with you. I think probably we agree hopefully that there's like definitely several parts of this movie where you're like i can't put my finger on it but it feels racist mm -hmm. yep you know it feels wrong and i know like a tiny smidge of things about new zealand and the indigenous people and definitely not enough to 
you know, talk about it and be an expert on it. But I just know that there are tensions there, right? And so the beginning of this movie, I was like, eh, this isn't that old. You know, it's just the 90s. Yeah, I'm also not a huge fan of the uh, only Hispanic characters being like the witchy, I like tarot cards characters. It's like, okay, guys. Yeah, I totally agree. There's just certain times in this movie where you're like, I'm not sure if this is okay. And mostly it's probably not because I don't think they were trying to be okay. Yeah, it's the 90s. It's a wild, wild west uh, of, uh, in terms of like times in cinema where it's like, yeah, if if in the 80s in real life you got away with anything, the 90s is when you like kind of push the limit in terms of like what you can get away with in a movie. And then it just all kind of comes to a climax. And obviously we're in the age we are in now where we're just more self-aware and just saying like, hey, I can still enjoy a movie. It can still be funny. However, this is pretty fucked up and let's not do this anymore. Aside from that, I do think I'd watch this again, but I'd need a strong stomach to do so. And it's not... The dismemberment, that's a problem for me. It's the blood. It's the fucking pus, the pink goo, and the shit that was going through people's mouths or into their necks <laughs> and out from their necks that fucked me up. It's going to be a while before I can look this one in the eyes again. It's funny how much I enjoy this and enjoy the gore, but I don't know if I necessarily would watch this again. It was like, okay, cool. I've seen it. I, I was entertained enough to give it a slash, and but that was about it. I think with the plot, I think I would need a little bit more to watch this again would you say it was a bit like a one night stand you had fun not interested in going back yeah 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 not for me i wish i had never <laughs> gone on this date but i feel like that's a good way to describe yeah, it, it for very you. good yeah i mean yeah yeah for me i guess <laughs> yeah you know i'm not watching this again i'm kind of with you alexis like the shitty parts of this movie are so shitty that i don't know if i could get through them again but like i said like the ending i might just rewatch that part so maybe this would be like for me a one night stand that you don't ever plan to return to. But like if you have nobody else to hook up with at the time and you really need someone, maybe you could consider them. Yeah. Like it's when they hit you up a few months later, like, hey, how are you? And you're like, hmm, interesting. Long enough that you've like forgotten what you hated about it. <laughs> Is it the kind of person that you know you can't sit down and have a conversation over dinner with or they're not fun to go do other activities with? But like, you know, they're like, OK, this would be a good person to ask for a movie recommendation from. There you go. <laughs> yes. Like as soon as you finish, you can't stand to hear anything they have to say or anything they think. <laughs> I'm going to continue the analogy and say this would be like going on a date and every moment of the date, that person eats their own boogers. So <laughs> it's going no further than saying, you know what? I don't think I'm that hungry. I'm going to go ahead and go home now. So, Ooh, All right. Yeah, I'm not going to rewatch it. Uh, I don't recommend anyone actually watches it as well because that's how strongly I feel. Wow. I feel like we've learned a lot about each other tonight uh, in terms of what our tolerances are. I feel like we learned a lot about Mac and what his line in the sand is because, boy, he's been generous in the past. But let's see what else he has to teach us in tonight's Factor Fiction. Let's learn indeed. Number one, this movie was so disgusting that in Sweden, a vomit bag was included with rental copies. Probably a fact. Um, well, it was... Did we say it was banned? Oh, you're talking about Finland. Mm. Mm. I'm not sure. I'm going to say fact either way. I'm going fiction because I don't think it was available. I'm going to say fact. That feels like something that the Swedes would do because that's nice. Yeah, this was fact. Honestly, every country should have offered this. <laughs> Number two, while this movie earned more money per screen than Batman Returns in New Zealand, it only opened in 11 theaters in the U.S. and made less than 250 k before going to rental. Fact. Mm, fact. Theaters be tough. That was a lot of math. I'm just going to say fiction. 
Oh, it's a fact. It bombed in the U.S. in the theater. I don't even know how to feel about this. So, like, Batman Returns, you got Catwoman, you got the Penguin. It's a comic movie classic, and people in New Zealand preferred to watch this film, and I'm a bit yeah. offended. Anyone who chooses watching Mum engulf Lionel into her womb over Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, you're out of your fucking mind. <laughs> yeah, questionable. That's very sus. Number three, in Spain, the film was rightfully titled Your Mother Has Eaten My Dog. In Brazil... The title was a little bit less dead on with animal hunger. But in Italy, the title worked out as Splatters, the Brain Splatterers. Fiction. Fiction. Horrible title. Yeah. Fiction. It's a fact. Oh, it's prob- mm. but it's different in Italian, probably. Of course it is. <laughs> but I want to know, where is the rest of the Splatters films? Like Splatters 2, Electric Splataloo, or Splatters 3, Lionel <laughs> versus the Army of Splatter? God bless. <laughs> Splatter 4, this time there's more Splatters. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need more? No. And number four, let's talk about our favorite scene, apparently the baby in the park Peter Jackson has said that the baby in the park scene was his favorite and it took two days to shoot with the $45,000 left over from filming the rest of the movie You've been all facts tonight, really, so I'm going to throw a fiction. I'm going to take the opposite bet there, but also a lot of details so I'm a little skeptical, but I'll go fact I'm going to say fact as well because one, it felt like an afterthought and two, I feel like Peter Jackson's the exact kind of douche to love that part of the movie. It's a fact. That was his favorite. But this man directed Lord of the Rings less than 10 years after this movie. You just called him a douche. I know. So, (laughs) but growth is real. It's real. He think about that. He went from this to Lord of the Rings. So, I mean, maybe you're not a fan of Lord of the Rings. I am. I think it was amazing, but how do you like, how do you go from that's a, that's an extreme. Just saying. It's certainly an improvement. And he made the movie for $3 million. Like, that's insane. This was, this, I mean, obviously was the most money he had spent on a film, like, at this point. Can you imagine, like, you, you've got only got three million, like, in, in the US at that time, that they, they would have laughed at you if they were like, a three million dollar movie is going straight to VHS. But this did well in the theater. New Zealand is just such a unique, specific place, you know? They're into this. I get it. And that's our fact or fiction. What a lovely educational experience. And you know what? It's so good to see you in such good chipper spirits, despite vehemently hating this movie. Well, we all have feelings. You know what, Mac? You're right. We all do have some feelings. And I think what's most surprising is the way our feelings shook out over this movie. Dead Alive from 1993 has earned three slashes and two hacks, which is honestly not what I expected at all. I thought I would be the only one to slash this coming into tonight now we've had a lot to talk about here and we all have mixed feelings about this movie but of course there's so many more opinions to get and that includes yours we want to hear from you we want to know what you think keep in mind there are a number of ways you can reach out to us starting with our website hackerslash.com and on our social media accounts on facebook instagram and twitter and if you really dislike this movie the same as mac and i please reach out to our hacker slash hotline. You can leave us a voicemail at 757-606-0128 or visit hackerslash.com slash contact to send us an audio message. And for those of you in New Zealand, that's the best way to contact us. Or if you've permanently given up on custard after watching this film, you can send us an email to feedback at hackerslash.com. Have you enjoyed listening to this episode? consider becoming one of our patrons. You can visit patreon.com slash hacker slash to earn cool perks for as low as $1 a month. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, do not stalk your children's dates. Bye.